<laughs> Welcome back to NPR. <laughs> Welcome, guys, to the last episode of No Fucking ZD. We're just going to listen to this the whole time, like we always say. <laughs> We're just, this is what we do in the evening. We just sit there and, like, read the paper. Pretty much. While we uh, listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> We're both trying to be big men. Uh, welcome, everyone, to No Fucking ZD, episode 23. The podcast is 23 years old now. Can you believe that? Time I was such flies. a shithead when I was 23. Oh, my God, me too. You have no idea. I still am, actually, but I was even more of a shithead at 23. I mean, I was until last week. Yeah, no. I was going to talk to you about this afterwards, but you still are, actually. Sorry. <laughs> um, so we're here And to everybody about- on the internet thinks so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At least a couple hundred subscribers do. Um, we're here to talk about Bust Out tonight. I have a question for you mm-hmm. about the podcast. Okay. What's the end? <laughs> What's the end? What's the end? It's bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the podcast? That's the end of this, yeah. I'm having you sink all this money into a podcast because I'm trying to make you go bankrupt. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, that's that's what I'm really, really interested in. Yes. Um, it's late on a Friday night. I say we get right into this. This is a, I love this episode and, um, it's a, it's a, it's a fun one because Tony's a little scared. Well, it's a little, uh, a lot, a lot of suspense in this one. Here's kind the of. thing is that this is an episode of the podcast. I mean, of the Sopranos, <laughs> <laughs> which they made specifically to have a podcast mm-hmm, about, mm-hmm. um, this is an episode of The Sopranos that is sort of rare in that it's kind of about one thing. Yeah, like kind of. it starts at the beginning, and you know, we like right at the beginning of the episode, we are told what it's about. Mm-hmm. We have this white guy, <laughs> very white, uh, very white, by the way, like 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 so white that he won't even vote for Bernie Sanders. Yeah. He'll vote for Hillary. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's so liberal, he'll vote for Hillary. Yeah. Um and but like he's, you know, he's fingering Tony. Mhm. Mhm. I guess, yep, right? You can say that. Like straight finger banging Tony. Yes, he is. Yeah. And uh I think that it's interesting just that basically we're told like right from the get-go that that's what the episode is about. Yeah. And I think that there's been a lot of you know, sometimes The Sopranos sort of tiptoes as as a show with the narratives. They weave. Yep. They dip and they dive. Yeah. Staying alive. But, like, I think that every now and then we get, like, a nice catalyst episode like this where it's like, well, there's this one thing that's really important right now. Yeah, yeah. And it's it makes it really exciting, too. Like, there's, um, you know, they've done, obviously, so many crimes throughout the series, and rarely do they have the cops <laughs> knocking on their door. That's and, a really good point, actually. Well, you know, I'm just saying, like, it, it's, it's, you kind of get used to just them getting away with everything and, like, the worst that could maybe happen, which is obviously very bad, is they get murdered by another mafia guy. But you're you're not too worried, you know, about the FBI knocking on their door. Obviously, the, there's the pussy thing going on, but that that hasn't felt like it was coming to a head at any point. So well, and it's funny because the way that I, I feel like as an audience, we get sort of put into the headspace that they're in, where it's like, obviously, the worst thing is getting killed or being mm-hmm. arrested. Yeah, but like there are a lot of things that they worry about before that. Yes. I mean, I guess being arrested, they worry about a lot. Uh, yeah. And dealing with the cops. Like, because, I mean, that's basically like what Pussy Being a Rat is about, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's more about, like, oh, I might go to jail rather than, oh, I feel betrayed. I mean, what do you think about that? I think it's a mix of both. I feel like the betrayal thing is like, 
you know, kind of just, uh, it's just talk a little bit. It's the same as like when they talk about honor and all this other stuff. Like it's, you know, it's yeah. this thing that they hold on to that's like part of the being in the mafia. But yeah, I think it's more, they're more worried about shit happening to them, going to jail. Or, I think so, right? Yeah, yeah. I U- think so. Ultimately, they're all very selfish and yes. they're in it because they get to do whatever they want. Exactly. And the episode, you know, we'll just, let's just jump right to the end. The episode sums that up perfectly with the, the boat scene at the end there where Tony just literally doesn't care who's in his wake. And that's like such a great, yeah. like, image, like it's symbolic very, image. Very subtle. Like, yeah, it's not <laughs> even, so, they don't even try, really, yeah, yeah. you know? Just the, the wheel in the sky keeps on turning and Tony's going to keep doing his thing. Well, did you also know? I mean, I think that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't think that's even. Did yeah. you also notice that it's dudes in a red kayak? No. Which well, is like the kind of shit that they busted out. From oh, Spatinos. yeah, I guess so. So like you're seeing stuff that was pro- like the whole episode. Yeah. That, was, that likely came from Ramsey Sporting Goods. <laughs> like <laughs> from the Ramalosa water to like the shoes that, that Polly's yes. like taking all the way up to like this kayak that they knock over. Yeah, maybe. You're right actually. Let's let's break that down cuz it's like kind of the more like backgrounds but kind you know complex at the same time thing going on in this episode. Yeah, sure. This is this mafia as Tony says uh bread and butter here when they uh essentially yeah. you know as as Davies Catino explains it, he owed them a lot of money, he didn't have money to pay them back and so they became partners in his business this is one of those cool episodes where every now and then we get kind of thrown a bone here as the audience and we sort of learn about how to be in the mafia yes (laughs) you know what i mean right it's educational it's really educational and they don't do it in a way where it's like like again i feel like if this was on cbs Mm -hmm. like davies katina would have said to polly like how does this work yeah and it would have been and like Mm -hmm. and polly would have been like we'll see here davy First of all, we're going to order lots of things, and it's going to be like a montage of Davy ordering coolers. And right. Then first, and, then, and then what's going to happen is this. Then afterwards, and it's like, and then he's like, so that's how we bust you out. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I love how they sort of give it to give us these little breadcrumbs throughout the episode. Yeah, I, I do like that it's kind of just, you know, it, it sort of flies right by you. You don't really know. And, you know, they do have Davy ex- eventually explain it in that scene in the bar, but you know, it's just kind of like, why would they, you know, in real life, they wouldn't stop down to explain what's happening. So it, it is nice that it's just sort of just like, it's just business, you know? Yeah. But it's interesting because we get that scene with Tony and Davey where Davey's sleeping in the tents at the store. And right, Tony right, right, essentially right. says, well, this I knew this was going to happen. You know, this is my bread and butter. Um, I really like that detail just because like we've seen time and again, how well, or I guess how good Tony is at, at sort of like almost seeing the future a little bit. He's too good at it. Yeah. It like makes his relationships with people suffer. Yeah. I always think about that in terms of his anxiety too a little bit, you know, because like I feel like oh, anxious yeah, people. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. Yeah, they kind of always look a few steps ahead whether or not it's true or not. They'll look like, oh, if I do this, like this terrible thing is going to happen. I've always thought I think that's interesting that like something that he goes to therapy for right kind of helps him at work no i couldn't agree more and i think that i I think that that's one of the things that makes him worried i mean like with puss that that totally is exactly what's in his head with pussy Mm -hmm. like he's really smart and he's seeing a few steps ahead with pussy yeah and like we get little little hints at that in this episode where he you know there's a glance 
Yeah, there's a glance, and not just that. I mean, he asks, like, well, why didn't the witness see you? Or, like, why didn't the police come talk to you after, you know, this witness has come forward to talk about the murder? I mean, I got to tell you, I really, I, I got, we got to hand it to Pussy in this episode. Mm -hmm. He plays it cool as a cucumber. Yes, he does, yeah. And there's some very serious, like, there are some moments where he could have cracked so easily. Big time, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I mean to, you know, to back up a little, like, Obviously, last episode, Tony and Puss killed Matthew Bevilacqua, right. the guy who shot Christopher. Um, there's, you know, this witness who's maybe seen Tony do it and saw Pussy as well, right? Saw the husky well, guy with him. Well, he saw Tony, and I feel like maybe if he, I mean, I, I, do you think that he saw both of them and Tony is just more high profile? I guess so, and yeah. So, because, like, Pussy's not in the paper a whole lot, but Tony is. Tony, Yeah. Right. I mean, it's the Soprano family at this point. So, yeah. right. So, like, so I feel like, anyway, so that's just like, that's semantics at this point. But, like, right. he, he heard gunshots and then he saw them, like, leaving or running or whatever. So it was afterwards, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. he saw them fleeing the scene, which is, like, super incriminating. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Although arguable, like, you know, a lawyer could potentially say it was dark and who knows, you know, it could have been any husky Italian guy. Yeah. I'm specifically it, Italian. I feel like even in the dark, you can tell an Italian. If the if, <laughs> if, if the wife beta does not fit, you must acquit. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway. So this this flag saluting motherfucker. Yeah, let's. All right. So we'll we'll um we'll come back to the bust out. We have some Davis Casino stuff to talk about in a little while. Oh, yeah, I guess that. Yeah. Um, we've never we've never really seen Tony scared before that I can think of. I mean, unless right. he was getting shot at directly. Well, um, is he scared because? He's going to go to prison, or is he scared because he's going to be exposed? Yeah, that's a good point. He killed a dude that's not that much older than his son. Yes. Maybe 10 years. Well, nine. he says he was 23. They found the other guy who's 23, so yeah. Nine, 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 ten years Roughly, yeah. Eight, nine years? Yeah. I mean, that's that's hitting pretty close to home. We're going to see that in the future with that Hua that Ralphie murders. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna like see Meadow in her, right? Um, he has trouble separating. He does. I mean, even yeah, even before the cops show up, it's on his mind. And he, you know, the first scene with Tony in the episode is that kid screaming "Mommy" at the uh, at the mall or uh, yeah, yeah, at the carousel. What's the deal with that? Why does his mommy? roll her eyes at Tony? It's one of those weird Sopranos moments where like these ancillary extra characters like don't really act like human beings in a weird way like it's just these awkward moments right i don't know i think that like the point i think kind of is that people are just weird and awkward with each other and don't communicate well and but it's weird right it's thought, always weird it is weird they do this all i feel like they do I mean, this people aren't that nice to me on the street either you no, know i guess like, not so i thought it was because it was tony soprano but then i thought about it and i was like well yeah i try to be nice and people aren't that appreciative <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean i i think yeah maybe it's part of it maybe she recognizes them too you know yeah. i mean why not um other people certainly do um but yeah, yeah i mean it's, it's on his mind in that in that first scene right away he compares uh this little child to his own to, to aj and of course he's also comparing the mommy screams to matt bivalacqua and i think just realizing how close in age they are and it's it's weighing on him i think for you, you see like you know it's it was satisfying at the time, as I'm sure a lot of what Tony does is. And yeah. then later, when he has time to think about it, it's kind of like, oh, Jesus, like, what did I do? You know? Well, it, I think that it, it, it kind of ever so slightly, like, pushes past 
his sociopathic mm-hmm. sociopathy. Maybe yeah, well, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. Don't fucking question it. Anyone listening right now? No, we're gonna go with it. Yeah, with sociopathy. Yeah. It, it, I think that it really. Um, I, I think that it just kind of briefly pushes past his sociopathy, mm-hmm. and um, and he's he just realizes that like everybody's a person and that everybody came from this place, mm-hmm. and like we have we haven't really had like a shitload of flashbacks. Yeah, actually, we have kind of had a shitload of flashbacks so far. Yeah, well, with the Jefferson airplane and the- yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that like he maybe has a moment where he's like, oh shit, we were all a little boy at one point, and I have a little boy. Yeah. And that's a little boy, and we and like this guy Matt Drinkwater Bevilacqua, mm-hmm. before he was old enough to change his name for ethnic purposes, right? Was, was a, a little boy. boy, yeah, with a with a mommy, and uh, and it is it's terrifying. I mean, I think I said it last week, but I, I remember this like disturbing the shit out of me when I first saw it. When he's yelling, "Mommy!" Yeah, and then yeah, even because, the flashback yeah. is like scarier in a way because it's so quick. The and... flashback is terrible, and. For for me, the mommy thing is like you realize how young he is and how in over his head he is and how exactly. he, he can never get back. Yeah. How like how bad he fucked up. Yeah. Even though he had no idea what the stakes were really. Yeah, exactly. You know, the other thing that I think Bust Out does really well is like showing normal people brush up against someone like Tony Soprano. And I guess that's the other thing too, is like you just realize how terrifying that guy is. You right. know, like I always, I always think about the line that Davy says later in the episode about the dead eyes thing. Like, you have no idea what dead eyes actually are until you look these people in the eyes. Well, I mean, a, you know, R- Richie, well, him too, yeah, really scary, yeah. But I, but I guess you're right. I mean, because that's the other thing. It's like we were talking last week about how it's like, ah, look, I. He's a cool guy. Tony's yeah. a cool guy. Yeah, he's not going to hell. He's cool. Yeah. <laughs> he's not going to hell. You know, and I thought that was a really important point because, like, even subconsciously, like, now that you mentioned that, when he said this thing about Dead Eyes, I was like, he's talking about Richie. Richie's so scary. Oh, really? I thought Polly and Furio. Well, I, but any of them, but, but yeah, yeah, not yeah. Tony. No, yeah, no, not Tony. But it's too nice. He's too nice. <laughs> he's just cool, man. Yeah. He's just a cool guy, you know? Loves Remlosa. <laughs> just tea. It's, you know, it's tea. It's Tony. Mm-hmm. Tony from the block. but like maybe not yeah it's scary it's scary shit and there's like no compromising with them it's like once they're just like this is what we're doing this is that's what they're doing we're gonna kill you okay like you can't like talk your way out of getting murdered by the mafia see that's the thing that's the scariest for me is is because like if i'm gonna get killed i want to like talk my way out of it (laughs) i want the chance at least exactly like just give me a fucking listen Give me a goddamn second. Yeah, exactly. That's and all I'm saying. They're they're you know they're a business. They once they've decided that this is the business decision that they have to make, they make it. They just don't care. They keep driving on their boat. It doesn't matter who's uh stuck in the wake, who's falling off the kayak. It's just that's what they do. They that's just, what they do. And they're set, and and Tony is like so set in his way. Yeah. And it's because it because in those moments and that's what's scary about it it's like a drone attack mm-hmm. it's like yeah in exactly the, in those moments it's not about you getting killed at that moment it's about like like you said 10 steps down the road mm-hmm. what the the ramifications of all of this mm-hmm. that's why tony can get away with saying things like how's it gonna look you know mm-hmm. like and he he did he doesn't say it in this episode but we know that he says that a few times yeah in the future he goes how's it gonna look when he's appealing to people that have to make essentially penitence to him right which seems like kind of a cop-out to say but in reality it's like no no no. i know what this is actually about you mean like if 
someone was trying to talk their way out of something and he'd just be like, well, how's it going to look if I allow this this time? Like, you know. Well, who does he say that to? He says it to, um, doesn't he, he, so. He does, yeah, I know. I know what you mean. He does say it a lot. Yeah. He says it a lot. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. To people he's like, let, like kind of letting off the hook, but yeah. they need to not be off the hook. I guess, yeah. We'll have to. You guys know what we're talking you about. You guys can look up some yeah, examples. just fucking and use the re- internet. Report back to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's the bad cop this week? Yeah. We're I've really decided s- not to be nice anymore. Yeah, we're really <laughs> sorry that we took a while to do this podcast. I know we promised. It's been to seven do- whole days. I know we promised to do one every day. <laughs> <laughs> but Brendan decided, fuck you guys. Yeah, I, I'm the bad cop now. Yeah. Um, Good, I like it. It's fun. Great. Um, you know, the, the murder's weighing on them already, even before the cops show up. Right. They're getting ready to go swimming. And then the cops show up. And, yeah. like, I don't know, maybe I'm, 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 I'm weird. I know that already, actually. But, like, I can, like, I've, I've never murdered anyone. More than most people. You're, I promise. Yeah, you are weird. I am, yeah. Um, but it's just, like, that feeling, like, oh, I forgot to, like, do my homework or I forgot to, like, do something. And, like, that anxiety that kind of, like, Oh, that, comes dream, over that you. dream where you have a final and you didn't yeah. go to class all semester. But there's just, like, any moment where you just have this, like, vague sense of anxiety, but, like, you're in, like, a nice, like, sunny place. But, like, something in the back of your mind is just, like, weighing on you. Like, it's always interesting to me to watch Tony in these situations where he's just, like, things must be weighing on him, but, like, he can just go out for a swim. But, like, yeah, you know, is he really enjoying the moment? I don't know. Weird tangent. Um, no, no, no. I totally agree. But like also that, it, it, no, it's not weird. Thanks. This is a safe space to try things. You're right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, it, no, I totally agree with what you're saying. And But like as you started to talk about like how can you enjoy a moment with like when you have vague anxiety, I was like, what am I? I have, a, I have things to be anxious about, yeah. I think. And I started to get sidetracked I'm, in my mind a little bit. We should stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have a lot to I do. I think actually. about my shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like. But I was thinking when we were watching the episode together and I was sitting on your lap mm-hmm. um, about how he's you were out there. You were really scared. I was really you jumped scared. on my lap. We needed to talk. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I was thinking about when we were watching that scene where they're uh, poolside, the Girls Gone Wild segment with AJ mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and his boobs. <laughs> Sorry. He, he, I mean, he, yeah. does, he does have like those shitty eighth grade body. He's, yeah. Every like everyone knew someone who yep. had that shitty eighth grade body. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robert, come on the show. You're hot now. Yeah, you're, you're hot now. <laughs> like you're you're probably a, a kid's medium now. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about like having anxiety and trying to enjoy those types of moments. Yeah. But I don't think Tony's out there for his enjoyment. Mm-hmm. I think that he's also like trying to this is like for AJ, to him, this is the equivalent of like going to Mink and dropping off the four hundred k. Okay, yeah. He's like trying to get some sh- get some time in the bank. Yeah, it is kind of like he starts trying to like put in all his investment with um with the kids with Carmela. Uh, I always think it's funny because like much like in season six when he gets shot, he's really starts to you know stop and smell the roses in this episode. Yeah, so but then he stops smelling the roses. Well, like, he the does. Second, it's over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's ultimately uh, you know. A nice Sopranos theme there is, I guess, yeah. like we only really, you know, once it seems like we're about to lose everything, suddenly we really love everything we have, you know, which I just think is funny and, right. and lifelike. It really is, you know, that's sort of how we all work, I guess. Well, but I mean, even more to your point is the thing about uh, the vasectomy and the male heir thing. Mm-hmm. Like he really take, takes AJ for granted. Yeah, a lot until he's like potentially just going to jail forever and like ne- like basically never going to see AJ. Yeah, it's true, and 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 it's just it's one of those things. It's um, 
you're right. Like at the end, it's just going to go right back to normal, which is, you know, just kind of the way things are. But uh, it also reminds me a lot of last season when, you know, the assassination hit attempt or whatever you want to call it happens. Right, right, right. Suddenly he's very awake and alive and and just like in this episode doesn't really need therapy you know it's like you got that jolt to the system or whatever you know right and 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 he's invigorated yeah um i think that's just really true to life i guess you know it's like you're kind of just moving along not a lot happens and then anything that's kind of big and out of the ordinary and exciting even if it is like sort of terrifying does give you that jolt to the system and then, yeah, you start to be like, oh, everything I have, I really appreciate it now, you know, yeah. Oh, briefly, no. just for a minute. I totally agree. Like, in that time where we, like, weren't recording podcasts, mm-hmm. I just, like, you know, <laughs> I really started to appreciate the other parts of my life. <laughs> <laughs> great. Oh, great. Ugh. Um, you know, some other just like detail specifics. Polly's fantastic in this episode is just this loyal soldier. You gotta love that, you know. He's great, and he's like... It's it's real too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like you get that feeling from from Davy, where he's like, "I got the plane tickets. Should I split them up with you? Is that is that good, boss? You know what I mean?" <laughs> and he's such a gimp at that point. Yeah. And he's just like, he's just trying to get some positive vibes from the world at that point. Positive vibes only. Positive vibes. I mean, but not not anymore. No, I guess not. Oh, you know what I just realized? Zero Chrissy this episode. I guess he's still uh, laid up in the hospital. Perhaps right? the only one until the end. Yeah. There might be another I'm, one or I'm two. way out on a limb here. Yeah, no Syl either. No Silvio. No. Must have been tough to get that whole cast together. Must have cost a lot of money if they wanted to get everyone together. It's true. But, like, I mean, so do you think that, like, when they're shooting, they probably have the whole season written when they start shooting, right? Um, They... Or they, certainly more than one episode. Yeah, they have like four written usually. They have about the at least the way it used to be. They they have about like four shot, written and done by the time the the season premiered, and then they'd probably be writing a little bit towards the end. I think they were flexible enough that they could move stuff around if they needed to. But but, but do they? What I'm asking is, do they shoot them one episode at a time, or or like for example, Davies Catino isn't mm-hmm. really in. Um, uh, between here and from where to eternity. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say between here and heaven. Right, <laughs> um, but between where from where to eternity. So did they like book the T one thousand to like be in the first few episodes of the season and then just shoot his like crazy depressed scenes and then like send him packing or did they wait? Until they were shooting these later episodes. It depends. They they probably waited and probably just scheduled him a little ahead of time. Um, with a guest, with a feature guest role like that, normally he would sign on for a set number of episodes and then uh-huh. kind of be under contract. So like you know, if he did want to do other stuff, they would probably be that you could work with them. You know, be like, well, I have, I have this other job coming up. It pays this much. I need to do this. They would probably work around it if they had to. Sure. And uh, really, his scenes in this are so short. That's probably like. Two days of shooting altogether, and he's so good. He's fantastic. Yeah, we'll, he's, we'll, we'll talk about it. We're, we're gonna take a break in a minute. We'll talk about him when we come back because everything kind of comes together at the end. Everything I really, really like... everything does come together, and and like I think that, well, I was gonna say that I feel like the murder itself, it's just handled in an interesting way. It is. Yeah, it's not handled like a murder, murder. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. All I, all I'm saying is that it's handled in a way where like Tony's not having like PTSD from killing someone. Maybe I'm totally off base, but like I mm-hmm. feel like him regretting killing someone is a lot different from him like having this inkling that he's a bad person. 
You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. He definitely pushes that way out of his mind. I think that, like, like I was, I think there's glimpses of it, like those little flashbacks. You know, it's kind of like when he has that flashback about Meadow asking if he's in the mafia. Like they're little blips, I think, occasionally. Yeah. I think it. I think it's just very underneath everything else. He's he's pushing it way down. You know? I think that you're right, but I but but all I'm saying is it's it's a lot less about the fact that he killed someone. Yeah. Because that's like pretty rote for him at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think stuff like this does give him that just vague sense of dread that I'm sure someone like Tony Soprano kind of always feels. You know. Yeah, and and, and also like I said before, I think it kind of like helps him. It guides him past being such a fucking sociopath and, like, gets him in touch with, like, it, it kind of makes him realize that this is a human being. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and and I think that, and actually, this just came to my mind, and it's brilliant, I gotta tell you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and we'll be right back. He's, <laughs> oh, he's watching that. No, I'm, I'm gonna win this episode. Okay. I've been wanting to. We'll be back. You've been winning episodes. <laughs> um. He's watching that thing about Patton. Yeah, and yeah. Patton's ta- and they're talking about how Patton feels like the more of the enemy that's killed, that means the less of his troops will die. Right. And how Patton's Patton's hatred for the enemy or something is matched only by his fierce like concern. They call it fierce concern. Yes. For his men, and I feel like it's sort of like it's one of those things where you hear World War Two dudes veterans gentlemen Mm -hmm. you know eventually say every now and then like you know like i I was in combat with these german dudes and we knew that that they were bad but every now and then you hear one of them say like if it weren't for this war like we could have gone fishing together you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. we're all just like the same people and they have these moments where they realize that the other people are human yeah and they kind of connect them that way and Mm -hmm. i feel like this connection to uh Matt Bevilacqua and that he's not that much older and that like you know he said the mommy thing and like all yes. these various reasons Tony is actually able to connect him with someone that he really cares about that he sees as human yes it's it's I think definitely eating at him you know yeah. and at the same time I think it's also that he is just thinking like I'm gonna lose my whole life right now basically not just you know like my living breathing life but I mean just like this house that I have and the pool in the backyard and my kids and yeah, and no, all that's this totally other stuff. true. I mean, do you think it's also about the fact that, like, I mean, he talked, he spoke last episode about like how it's about honor mm-hmm. and how he's a soldier and that everybody knows the stakes. But like, do you think maybe it's the first because we know that he kind of begins to abandon his own code as time goes on? Yeah. Do you think that, and by as time, I mean like through the entire series? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that this is like the first kind of glimpse of that where he's like, actually, fuck it, kind of like. Because if he was going to go to jail because he avenged Christopher, and, oh, like and, that's a good reason to go. That's a good reason to go, and he probably yeah. and he'd probably like ride that out, and and like if and wouldn't be as freaked out. But now he's like, oh shit, actually, maybe I don't want to do that. Yeah, I think it's maybe a mix because he does have that whole line about like once the kids are gone, the government can do whatever, and I feel like. You know, that line there sort of is going back to that whole honor thing. Like, there's something honorable about, like, well, you raised your kids and got them out the door. Now, like, you know, just do whatever to me. Like, I don't care. Fuck up. Yeah. Like, it's just like, but isn't that a bull? Isn't that like a bullshit line that he just says? I mean, a little bit. I, I, a little bit. I mean, I think in the moment, I think like, you know, what people tend to do is get sentimental in weird times like this. Like, I'm like, you know, like I was saying, like when, 
when we have these jolts to the system, suddenly we like really appreciate everything we have and get like super sentimental about it. That's and true. Half of it's bullshit. Half of it's kind of. I mean, it's real in the moment. I guess. Well, maybe you know? this is a jolt to the system where he's realizing that his family and his honor in that field is like more important than his honor. In, yeah. In the mafia. Yeah, but then of course, like the lessons just not learned in the end. Like I think that ain't it the truth. Yeah, because yeah. it's just you know nothing happens. And of course, Melfi. We mentioned last week that like. Um, Melfi, kind of from this point on, is just isn't going to be an effective psych- psychiatrist because you can see even when they're talking about the murder, she starts to get really scared and just instead of she's prodding, very uncomfortable. You're yeah, totally right. Instead of prodding and and really putting effort in, she just falls back to like, how does that make you feel? Which is just like one hundred one. You know what I mean? Like, and he rolls she, his eyes. He's like, oh god. Yeah, but what I mean is just that if she weren't afraid of him and if this was actually an effective patient psychiatrist relationship she might push him on what you're saying and kind of like it sounds like you did something yeah but instead but there's he, no yeah there's no way she's he can't learn that. the lesson yeah. yeah um anyway let's take a break we'll come back we have a fuck ton of stuff to talk about still. <laughs> uh, shit it's been like an hour and a half already. yeah um so yeah we'll come back talk about uh davis catino we have to talk about him carmella and the brother and uh and janice and richie and their fun it should be you yeah <laughs> I'll suck your cock. <laughs> All right, this is no fucking ZD. We'll be right back. got nuts in here we're talking sopranos nfc nfc s2 e23 part two <laughs> go your two favorite fuck boys are back <laughs> um i feel like we we need to cover a little bit more about the bust out the specifics of that right i'm really Davey... i'm really curious about the metrics on blue coolers <laughs> that's what i'd like to know it's gotta be red apparently no one uh, no one likes blue fuck um, blue <laughs> Fuck blue. Fuck blue. <laughs> I can't, I, I'm sorry, but like, I'm going to miss Richie. I know. Some of the shit that comes out of this guy's mouth is unbelievable. Yeah. Who are all these Nigerians that he knows? I don't know. I, I don't know. But he knows some of them, and they, and they work on the street, and they're selling coolers, apparently. Which, listen, if you pass by them, and they were selling a cooler for $3, would you not buy it? I mean, I, I probably would. I yeah. mean, also, like, it sounds like he got his MBA in prison, because... yeah. When he, he says shit. he says the coolers are like scissors, I was like shit. He could have like told me that in a PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> and I would have hired him as the assistant manager of this Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> we are recording Chuck E. Cheese right now. Evan is wearing a mouse mask. It's yeah, really exactly. terrifying. So Richie is a certainly a huge part of the bust out, but Richie and Tony find themselves in harmony over this. They do, to an extent. I mean, on on you know, like most things on the show, on the surface, it seems all all good, hunky dory, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you know, as we see in that infamous sexual scene with Janice and Richie, it's beautiful, don't you think? I mean, she looks great. They're beautiful together. They are. Um, it's not all. Tip. It's not all Remlosa and uh, red coolers between these guys. <laughs> it's uh, there's some. Uh, thing. I thought of that five weeks ago, and I just couldn't wait to say. That's it, it for me, yeah. folks. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on. I mean, this you know, Richie is still mad about the jacket from a couple episodes ago. 
which I love. It's such a passive aggressive thing. Which, but we and we knew this was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. The jackets are coming home to roost. Right. <laughs> exactly. I, I think. <laughs> um, but but let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. He kind of doesn't give a fuck. Richie doesn't give a fuck about until the Janice kind of like lights a match under him. Yeah, yeah. She's this, you know, this this devil on his shoulder i guess really just kind of pointing out everything that's wrong damn you sound like a college professor i happen to be a college professor on the side very good um but but yeah uh does he even really want to be boss like i can't even tell is is she just so shitty at it he might be yeah he just i mean your your woman says something to you like that Mm mm-hmm it's gonna do something to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, my girlfriend says to me, like, "Did you see the way the garbage man picked up the garbage?" <laughs> yeah, he doesn't think that he doesn't think very highly of you. I th- you know, it's like you go, "Oh fuck, are you serious?" Right? You know? Yeah. I mean, and I think that Richie is like very impressionable at this mm-hmm. point. He's trying to change. I think it's interesting. Interesting though that he he was trying to change and talking about like turning a new leaf and all this all this other stuff mm-hmm. but like again in this episode refers to himself as old school and totally which i think is kind of ironic like in a show where no one can change or um well and he has changed well he's tried he's and, done the best job of anybody as of right now yeah but i just think it's funny that like you know he could be the he could potentially be the boss i guess if he really wanted to put the effort into it and rally people around him, and, you know, Junior is still his friend, but, like, he can't because he's like, no, I'm old school. Like, that's not how we do it. You know, like, you have to do it a certain way. But doesn't he try? Well, he's going to, but I I just mean at this point right now, his response to that is just that, oh, no, I'm I'm old school. You know, for all this talk about changing, it's, like, sort of holding him back at this point. Right, no, that's and that's, that's totally true, but also it's, like, he's comfortable. For the first time yeah, since he's too. gotten out of the joint, you know? Yeah. And I think that he feels, he's like, uh, do I have to rock the boat? Yeah. But she plants that seed and it ferments a little bit, you know, and it gets going. Yeah. And yeah. he starts to be like, you know, and, and he thinks about it and he smokes the weed and it makes him all amped like George Bush said it would, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, And right. he's like, that journey spit on it, you know? Again, yeah. another amazing performance, by the way, by... David Preval. Vincent Tataglia or whatever yes. his name yeah, is. That's his name. <laughs> David Preval. Um terrific performance. Like really I know. just a great scene with the two of them. But like mm-hmm. you really see it kind of escalate from him being like, ah, oh, you ruined sex to being like, fuck, you're right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And really quickly too, because there's I don't think there's a scene in between with them, but then no. but then he goes right to Junior and, and then suddenly it's it's very takes in the LA lights. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which to be honest. I would wear it today. <laughs> they're someone, sick. Yeah, they're kind of cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it really goes from like, no, no, I'm not sure I want to do that, like directly to like, I mean, there's scenes in between, obviously, um, but then no, no, no. I mean, I mean, but you mean with Richie in particular? With Richie, yeah. Um, also, doesn't he go to see Junior like with Janice in tow? Yeah, that's the thing. You know, it's like who's really in charge there? This is kind of another. It's really kind of another Olivia Junior season one type thing here, right? You know. Well, Which he references. So that's an interesting point that you made, though. So, I mean, if we're just running with this, Junior sees it from a mile away. Yeah. It's one of the it's one of the first times he really... I mean, I feel like he hasn't been portrayed as a guy with a terrific amount of insight. Yeah. But I got to hand it to him, like, you know, right at this moment. He gets what's going on. Yes. And he has he's seeing the long game. 
But he's also, I mean, I, I want to say he's no dummy, but he is kind of a dummy. But yeah. this he sees for whatever reason. Well, even a broken clock. Dot, yeah. Dot, sure, dot, dot. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, and I think that you're right. And I and ever since I heard Tony Soprano say that, I use that all the time at work. <laughs> you know, like whenever I'm trying to, trying to prove a point, you know, I'm like, you know, even a broken clock. <laughs> um, but, you know, Junior sees it. He does, yeah. And he says something. and But, like, do you think that he's influenced by the fact that, like, that, like, colluding with with Livia got him into so much trouble? Uh, maybe, yeah. Like, did he learn his lesson a little bit there? Well, he sees Janice. But, did, I mean, what I mean is that you mentioned that, like, Janice Oh, that and... she's... Well, yeah, it's funny, though, because, like, Junior will mention Janice being untrustworthy, like, right to the bitter end, right? I mean, like, that's one of, like, the last couple things he talks about, I, I mean, think. basically. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, Janice it just is not to be trusted, and and maybe he does see a little bit of Olivia in her, or you know, even a little bit of Johnny. You know, I mean, Tony sees himself in Meadow, and um, well, you know, that's another one we should talk about. Yeah, um, but yeah, this is you were saying earlier. This is like a nice one to kind of like it's a catalyst episode. So we we start to see, you know, here's the end game for this season. Now it's like we we kind of see Richie right. and Janice are going to kind of make a move. It's just it's so bizarre that Janice goes for this in a, in, in, a, in a way it's like I don't even know what she's thinking I don't know what she's thinking and like we've had very little Livia yes she has a great couple scenes in great that. couple scenes in this <laughs> where she where she pops down on her thing when, that when image trying to... dude I will that's just stuck in my mind if forever. I'm ever trying to just go a little longer <laughs> when I'm in the sack <laughs> just thinking of her like popping in on her little oh like God. like chair on the stairwell it's a great shot I love that they just let it go like they, it's not like there's no cuts she just like starts coming down ever so slowly down the stairs you yeah, know and she just you watch her come all the way down great. the stairs. It's... Are you smoking marijuana? Yeah. And yeah, they don't try to hide that or the fact that they're putting their clothes back on, which is hilarious. It's but terrible. I guess you get to a certain age where, uh, you oh my know? God, I would be so miserable if my daughter was, if I was like 80 something or 90 something. Yeah. And my daughter was banging some fucking disgusting dude. Yeah. On my living room couch. Yep. While I was kind of too old to like, make it into that room to tell them to stop <laughs> you know what i mean but you know exactly what's going down yeah unfortunately and so do we which is like it's really awful yeah so the gun to the head thing though whose idea do you think that really is well i, I definitely think it's richie it is richie's yeah he I says that's about. She, she says i'm doing it like you like right yeah yeah and i and i like that i think that that's i think it's a good line but i think it's also just like i don't know there are certain things i kind of like about janice me too. I, I actually really like Janice a lot. Yeah. She's really nice. Yeah. She's a great person <laughs> and a fantastic mother, as we'll see later yeah, on. Exactly. Um, no, I mean, like, like she she's just like, no, nah, I'm doing it like you like. Yeah, she'll do it like you like, which yeah. you, you got to respect. She cares about Richie and stuff like that. But, like, but at the same time, actually, she's being really manipul manipulative. Big time. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, su basically su suggesting again that uh that Once tony more. should be taken out you know here's another family member of tony is just how the fuck does that happen it's funny because like if she just sided with tony i feel like and she was actually nice to tony in some way like wouldn't she just be set for life basically anyway like you know i mean i guess you just i guess really what it is is that you always just kind of want a little more you know like right 
even when you when you get the stuff that you want, it's not as good as what you you know. It, you want a little more still, you know. Yeah, and but also like you know, the Sopranos always need someone to demonize. That's who. I think that Johnny Sack like hit the nail on the head when he said that two seasons from now. <laughs> <laughs> right, but. but uh, <laughs> You know, I really but we've do, said it, but we've said oh, it, yeah. yeah but I really, it. I really do think that it's true because, like, I think that, you know, um, I mean, just to spoiler alert, mm-hmm. but like, you know, after Janice murders Richie, mm-hmm. sorry guys, <laughs> um, she has this shakeup moment where she like loves Tony again, like so much, yeah, and. This is exactly like what Tony is experiencing in this, with with in this episode. Exactly with having his sort of life kind of dangled in front of him. Right. Yeah. Um, and he loves AJ, right. who he didn't really like a whole lot last, last episode. episode. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's it's uh not to like you know come back to that too much, but it, it really is. That is really one of my favorite themes of the show because I it's it's very lifelike. I think to me, you know. Um, yeah. And it will just something to pay attention to. It comes up quite a bit. I feel like even right to the very last scene is this idea that uh, we only really appreciate something when it's about to go away. So wow. just uh, guys out there, just pay attention to that. Can we um, can we bounce for a second? Yeah, because I feel like we'd like to talk more about the bust out in general. Well, I we don't have to talk too much about that, but it does relate to the whole Carmela and Vic storyline, and yeah. we meet we get a lot of Davy's wife in this episode too. Which... I've gotten a lot of Davy's wife. Right, right, <laughs> oh, sure, yeah, sure. Um, well, that's one thing I was going to bring up. I mean, we we watched the episode together, which which mm-hmm. as we mentioned before, we don't do that often. Yeah, uh, but I think that one of the things you pointed out was that amazing cut. Uh, yes. Oh, because yes. so one of the things I found peculiar was that Chris, Christine Musto or Christine uh, Scatino. Yes, is over for like some PTA bullshit or something, and then for some reason she and Carmela are like they start talking like kind of openly, yeah, about what happened. It's like no mystery. Like I no know. one's tap dancing over. It. I thought that was very interesting. I mean, if you think about it in real life, let's say that really happens, most people in the neighborhood would know. Yeah, it's not like. They probably wouldn't really tap dance around it unless there was some weird animosity. But clearly, Christine is over Davy's addiction at this point. Well, that's the thing. That I think that's what makes it possible. That's what makes this scene possible, and 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 like how they can kind of get through it without being like, oh, it's a disaster, right? Because like they're both on the level that their husbands are doing questionable things. Yeah, I guess so. I didn't think of that actually. Yeah, on the other side of that is Christine realizing who Tony is. Yeah. And and Carmela, I mean they're both kind of anchored by the fact that the other person's husband was actually in the wrong. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that like you know this is one of those nebulous situations. I don't know if nebulous is the right word, but let's just go with it. Okay. Um this I can't is, read. This is one of those this is one of those uh situations where you know Tony didn't like twist Davy's arm yeah. into getting into this situation. No. He sort of resisted. I mean, whether or not that was sort of reverse psychology is like up for debate. Oh yeah. But the point is that he didn't rob him. He didn't he, hold him up with a pistol. Yeah. He he let him do something. He yeah. That gave this stuff away he kind of played i mean like literally the devil a little bit you yeah. know like he just 
floated the temptation and was like, well, you make the choice, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, but I mean, but also sort of like pretended to drag his feet a little bit about it, you know? Like, I, I mean, guess all, we know I'm, now, all yeah. I'm saying is that it's not easy to say your husband did this to my husband. Right. Because, like, you know, Davey's done this before, apparently. That's why, like, the store is in, is in her name, yeah. et cetera. But now we also know that this is much worse than this woman understands at this point. Uh, well, at right. least, at least at the point of that PTA that conversation. Luncheon. Yeah, right. Yeah, like she's probably not even thinking about even the concept of a bust out at that point. You right. Know? She thinks like, oh, he lost like eight grand, which is what he lost to Richie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and no it's... one knows what a bust out is. Well, I guess not. Yeah, I mean. We didn't before this, and no. clearly Davey didn't either. He didn't really know what was going on. No. Um, I mean, he doesn't until like halfway through the, this episode, does he? Uh, I guess not. I mean, I think he knows he's in some shit. There's, you know, he definitely knows that. I think he's in denial. Probably a little bit. Um, what I think is interesting about the, the Davey thing... Say it, girl. ...is going back to that scene where he's in the tent in the store, and they're talking about the whole frog and the scorpion you know, parable. See, I have no idea what the frog and the scorpion thing is. I felt so, like he made it up. No, no, that's a real thing. It's basically, um, I forget the specifics now, but it's a frog and a scorpion trying to get across uh, a little body of water, like a stream or a river or something like that. Uh-huh. And um, I'm going to totally fuck this up. So guys, just give it to us this week on Twitter or wherever. Um, give it to us. Just give it to us, please. Put a gun to our head. Yeah. <laughs> Write a review on, on iTunes about how bad this is. Rail us with a dildo. <laughs> but, give it to us. But from what I remember, it's essentially a frog or a scorpion asks a frog for a ride across water because the frog can kind of leapfrog over this little stream. Right. The frog essentially knows and says, like, well, you're just going to sting me. You're a scorpion. That's like what you do. And the scorpion's like, no, I'm, I'm not going to. Please just give me a ride over there. The frog gives him a ride. The scorpion stings him immediately as soon as they get over. And the frog asks why. And he's like, well, because I'm, I'm a scorpion. That's just what I do. That's my nature. Um, and so it's the same thing with Tony. Like He's awfully verbose scorpion, if you ask me. <laughs> I, somehow it could speak English. It's very strange. Um, but that's, you know, that's, again, very paraphrased. I'm sure there's so many details I'm forgetting. But essentially, that's Tony's nature. It's kind of like he just, Tony will be Tony. Tony's going to do Tony. You know what I mean? Like, Well, he's in, gonna... in, in many ways, he's more reliable than all the other people around him <laughs> in a that way. he's taking, taking advantage of. Yeah, in a way. Um, but even beyond that, um, there's also that line where Tony says, like, well, once this is over, you can just leave. You're You're free to go, you know? And I think the way he says that is like really eerie to me. Like the free to go idea is like, mm -hmm. we own you now. Well, now, but then once it's done. Well, that's what not... I mean is like, I feel like it's driving the point home that this guy's life is over at, as he knows it. Yeah. But I think from Tony's perspective, though, it's like, you know, Tony can't leave his situation. And I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, but like. It's like no one can kind of leave their situations on The Sopranos. And it's something we've talked about like time and again, and this is just going to get repetitive at this point. But right. but when you're in this lifestyle, it's like pretty much impossible to get out of it. And there's all this talk of, you like know... the podcast lifestyle. Right. We're fucked. <laughs> yeah. um, but there's all this talk of going to prison and, and all this yeah. other stuff. But Well, there are only two shitty ways out most of the time. Right. As they say. As Tony says himself. As Tony says, yeah. Um, 
but but Davy doesn't necessarily have that. Like he might be right. completely out of money, but like he can get up and pack his shit in the back of his car, as as we'll eventually see him do, and, and leave New Jersey. Tony really can't ever see a reality where, where he can do that because he kind of right. can't. He's stuck in this in this kind. He's ar- he's already in prison, is what I'm saying. As as much as he's very scared about going to jail That's and being a really arrested, good point. Um, he's created his own prison. Oh man! <laughs> oh man! Which is the only reason I wanted to do this podcast so I can make <laughs> so a Creed joke eventually. Creed, and now we can stop doing the podcast. That's it. That's the end. Cut it. Shut it off. Um, but I am actually being serious in the in the sense that the the characters are Tony specifically, and then even Carmela, which we'll get into now with with Vic Musto. Um, she herself is also stuck in essentially what is a prison. Like they're they they aren't free to go anywhere. Davis Catino is no. They've doubled down. They've doubled down, and 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 there's they're already in the shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're, no, they're in it, and they and and now all they can do is defend to themselves and to the world exactly what they've chosen in their life. Right. So let's get over to the cut that you were mentioning. Yes, that's cut where well to yeah. To back up, I guess, a little bit, um, you know, Vic and Carmela meet, clearly hit it off pretty much immediately. They've got fucking hot-ons for There's, each other. They have dude. some hot-ons there. And um, and Christine Scatino is just kind of talking about, you know, don't go after Carmela. She's, you know, she's married, whatever. Um, well, it's 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 solid writing because, right. you know, he says, I respect, she says something about a ring. He says, I respect the ring. And she says... It probably came off a dead person's finger. Yeah, and we immediately cut to Davy Scatino with the gun to his head, which I just think is in just, his mouth. In his mouth, I guess. Yeah, and the fix in a fucking light bulb scene. It's like a dark, dark scene, dude. Or that, th- the line. That <laughs> line is totally incredible. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, it will never fail to make me laugh. And fix in a fucking light bulb. <laughs> like it's just perfect. Sh- like if if only I had like could just talk to people like that right when they get home from work. I know. You know what I mean? Just like. Hey, what are you doing? I'm watching the fucking TV. <laughs> and then, like, I mean, of course, I kind of, like, I love that she mentions that he's always complaining that the felt gets fucked up because, yeah. of course, he is a dick about that. He owns a sporting goods store. Right. And they have <laughs> and that he kind knows. of shit. They, yeah, they have that kind of shit in their house. Oh, big time, and yeah. And he's, like, super serious about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, Davey and his friends probably aren't allowed to use it when they have sleepovers. No, definitely. Or Eric it, and his friends, yeah. Or Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah Eric and his <laughs> definitely friends. Definitely not. Totally. No, they're not allowed down there at all. Um, well, let's get into Vic and Carmela just to kind of wrap things up. Vic is a bit of a hunk, this guy. He's good looking. He's, and he's, he's like, got a Travolta thing, but, like, if Travolta, like, worked with his hands. Yeah, and went to the gym often. Great yeah. tries on this guy. Fantastic tries. <laughs> the I tries. Just, I was staring at his tries the whole time, and <laughs> they looked amazing. It's, um, from, it's from papering. You yeah, know, you got You got a paper to get tries like that. Probably. Um, you were saying earlier that he totally is Carmela's demographic in a way, you know? And right, right. Well, in many ways, because he's the opposite of Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, like, let's think about who, who, who is it? Who, what's the guy's name when, uh, Carmela's mother is breaking her balls at the pharmacist? Um, Ooh. and she says, Shit. so what? He can fucking, uh, prescribe his own antidepressants or whatever. Yeah. 
shit, what's that guy's name? It was, you put me on the spot. <laughs> it wasn't Victor Musto, but anyway, no. but you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Where yeah. like she's like he was always a nice guy. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? For him. Yeah, this is that alternative you know yes. there was that fork in the road where she was like am i gonna go for like the regular like good-hearted guy mm-hmm. or am i gonna go for the dude with the fucking the the you know the stature and, yeah and the the money well are you gonna go for the regular good-hearted guy or are you gonna go for the guy who pays that guy because you know God i mean damn it you're gonna win this podcast <laughs> i knew it. it um because that's really sort of the deal here you know i mean the money that's going into that wallpaper comes from things like the death of Matthew Bevilacqua. You know what I mean? For and, sure. Um, and yeah, that's really <laughs> Quickie G. <laughs> and Quickie G. The money that pays Quickie G. Yes, that, that, that twenty dollars <laughs> that Quickie G dropped on top of the prosciutto or whatever it was. Yeah, that's all going into the wallpaper. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right though. Like he is uh, someone that Carmela, I think, certainly fantasizes. About. I mean, we literally see her fantasizing about him in this episode. But yeah, she just, fucking jacks off to him. Yeah, she does. Yeah, <laughs> that type of guy. Um, you were making the point earlier about him being loyal. Like even though his wife is dead, he's still kind of loyal. Well, to Well, th- I think that that's what's getting her fucking panties in a bunch. You know, mm-hmm. is that like she kind of hits us over the head with the subtlety of this Shania Twain tune. Yeah, which is like a really important. Like this is let's face it, this is all unimportant. But like <laughs> you know, like in the context of things, like we're all gonna die. Yeah, civilization. This, <laughs> that's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> civilization yeah. will end. Just turn the like, podcast off and go yeah, enjoy none life. None of like, this come is on, important. This at does all. not matter. But the point, the fact of the matter is that, like, uh, you know, she's listening to Shania Twain. Mm-hmm. It's they're listening to it's still Shania. the one. Yeah. Um, and which incidentally is called it should be. <laughs> uh, but, but uh no it's it's still the one and like she's listening to this tune and You're like what 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 could what could that mean you know what i mean right like i think that it's not as much about tony and her being still the ones i think yes. it's about vic being so loyal that he doesn't have his dick in somebody else like right off the bat like when right. his wife died you know i think she finds that so irresistible yeah and that he is very loyal um they kiss in the bathroom which is really interesting. I haven't kissed in the bathroom in a while. Yeah, they they kiss in the bathroom, and um, I forget if we said it already, but she she knows exactly what she's doing in that scene, you know, where she leads him into the room and then is like, "Let me just shut the door real quick so I can show you the whole wallpaper." You it's know, it's like a porno. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very apparent. Um, There's a hole in my pants. Yeah, she might as well have been like, "Can you help me like wash my back in the shower right yeah, exactly. now?" Exactly, like, it's like that kind of thing. Yeah, um, she brings him right in, and uh, and they go for it. It's kind of hot. They're both into it, and, but he's too good of a guy, and she's they kiss too scared. Kinda, they kiss kind of hard. They're they freaking do. out. Yeah, and of course, eventually, what happens here is you know he came in his pants. Right, <laughs> he has to go. <laughs> <laughs> he has to leave immediately. He's like, I have to leave. Um, I mean, eventually, you know, when he does find out, and going back to the whole idea of of my own prison, the Creed song, <laughs> he, when he does find out who, when he finds out that Tony is the one that's that's just destroying Davy's business and Davy's family and Eric's college fund and right. Christine's name and Christine's credit. Um, Gosh, there's a whole lot of it's things. It's pretty bad. That's, of course, when he stops showing up. And, you know, that's really the prison that Carmela herself, I think, is stuck in. Completely. And, and it's interesting, I think, that with the wallpaper there, you know, they get in and they talk about how the vertical lines are so constricting. And it's a lot like prison bars, you know, like... This is the house that she's built around herself, and it kind of is this prison that she lives in because yeah. of the life that they've chosen, you know? 
Oh, completely. And I and 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 I think that that's a really good point, and I hate you for it. Well, that's I can't okay. believe that you I, hate me for a lot of things. <laughs> like getting me into this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're in it now. We're this is our own prison. Yeah, exactly. We like, do actually listen to Creed at the end of every episode. This is the life we chose, yeah. is it not? <laughs> um, um, and but I also do like to, to kind of wrap everything up and bring it all together. Um, that you know when Tony does find out that he's not going to prison. That the witness who had to be a big man has decided not to testify against him. I like that he goes to that room where they had the kiss earlier, and it's important to cry on the toilet sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as we all do. Um, he goes to that room, and you know, even just the way that that scene is shot, it's shot through the window. You can kind of see the window pane, or uh, you know, like the the crossbars of the window. You can see the pane. Mm-hmm. And that even that looks like prison bars and there's bars behind him. And I think that you're really supposed to kind of realize that, you know, he is stuck in in Tony's own prison, really. I mean, that's really what it is. This house is the prison. This lifestyle is the prison that he's stuck in. Unlike Davies Catino, he's not free to go anywhere, really. Right. He really only does, I guess, have these, you know, as we'll eventually talk about the the two endings, I guess. Yeah, there are two. Unless he changes. There are two feasible endings. He's not going to change. Right. He thinks about it when it's crunch time right but he thinks about it less and less as the series goes on right he'll think about it in times like this like this episode where something crazy happens and suddenly it's like oh i should change and i appreciate what's what's around me but for the most part yeah he'll eventually right you know come back to uh come back to the the house and the money and and the lifestyle i couldn't agree more and i think that you know i think that what we should end on is this whole concept where he kind of forces beansy to take some money yeah, because I think that that is just like I think that that's like maybe like the I don't know if it's a death rattle or if it's a an indication of where he's going with it, but like certainly them being on that boat, mm-hmm. blowing over the red kayak mm-hmm. is like <laughs> lots of blowings. Uh, but you know, I think that that's a really important like that's basically summing the whole thing up. Yeah, but. He goes to visit Beansy. I think that's a really interesting moment there. It is, yeah, and yeah. I mean, what do you what do you think about that? Because I I'm not even sure. I think it's sort of like when uh, he finds out that Gloria Trillo killed herself. Gosh, it's just like every good spoiler. We're just gonna <laughs> let it go tonight, you know. <laughs> um, I do think that it has something to do with what we experience when, um, when. Tony finds out that Gloria Trillo killed herself, mm-hmm. and he goes around trying to do nice things for people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you think? I mean, that's that's all I got, really. I think it is, is that yeah. he feels like a dick. Yeah, and why Beansy? Is that related to Richie in any way, or uh, he for some reason feels guilty about it, and then and, and needs to? Yeah, maybe just yeah. It might just be as simple as putting out this good deed. Into the I, world. I, I yeah. think that that's what it is, and I think that he's the most readily accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, tragedy <laughs> yeah i guess that's yes maybe that's part of it too he's it's ruining just... enough people's lives like right away maybe he maybe staring into the abyss here as as mink puts it right um he has to balance that somewhere yeah um i think that about wraps it up i mean there's Good a little Lord, bit of what an enormous episode yeah there's, uh, surprisingly a lot going on i, I didn't think it was going to be this jam-packed but it was um and it's also very late on a friday night so you guys better fucking appreciate this yeah. one. I'm sorry. I take it back. I love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. No, no, no. They'll appreciate it. Okay. You, you tell them to appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to politely ask. They like a little abuse. I'm back to being the nice guy. I'm they, sorry. They, they, they want the gun to the audience. I'm talking to you. It should be you.
So we'll be back next week to talk about house arrest, which is a really, really great episode. And um, Tony's going to have a rash. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in the meantime, please follow us on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes. And uh, that, that about does it. So thanks for listening as always. And uh, fuck off. Well, we'll good night from our bunk beds at the no fucking DD headquarters. Yeah, can you please turn the light off <laughs> down there? Please. I'm trying to get some sleep. All right. Well, we will see you next time. And uh, go fuck yourself. Peace.